Are you ready? Starting now? (laughs) (laughs) Now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. (laughs) Fuckers fuckers better appreciate it. (coughs) What's the title of this podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Popular with the ladies. (laughs) Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds (laughs) fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, really, this is, this is fucking explicit now. (laughs) Ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. It is yet another Friday night. Uh, Certainly not as beautiful outside as it was uh, last week. But hey, you know what? I still got to be in a good mood, right? (laughs) Uh, Yep. Yep. <laughs> What's that? Got to do something. Right. Yeah. And it, uh, it's, it's one of those things. Well, why, why should I, uh, you know, bother with my life if I'm being in a bad mood all the time? So, right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, always looking, I always look forward to this though. So this is one of my, one of my fun times, but man, I, uh, I eat too much pizza. So I'm a little, I'm a little full. <laughs> so, so if I, if I happen to like let out a big burp or something like that, I'll, I'll try not to, but, uh, yeah, just a, just a tad bit full. So, you know, just, so you're just, saying you overindulged. Imagine that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And you know, what's funny is that, uh, when, uh, and I don't think, did we ever talk about how we started doing pizza? I know we talked about the spite, but did we talk about the pizza and the other item that we, that we decided we're, we're going to keep us sober? I don't know if we ever did. Well, you know what? Why don't you explain that? Give you a chance to, to I, I yammer too much, so go ahead. <laughs> All right, then. Well, um, let's see. Well, the pizza thing on Friday night started when we were in C-Dorm at the Ed Keating Center, the place where we got sober. Um, when you move down into C-Dorm, it's when you go three-quarter and you get a job. So we had a couple of bucks in our pocket. And uh, at the end of the week, we uh, celebrated our massive earnings by going and getting a $5 Little Caesars hot ready pizza. And and we started doing that and uh, we continued to do that. We moved to the three-quarter house and we continued to get pizza after our meeting on Friday night. And uh, and we've separated and gone our ways in the world, but... um, to this day, pretty much consistently, um, we have gotten a pizza at the end of our week. My schedule has certainly changed several times over the years, but at the end of my work week, I get a pizza every night, and uh, I know you do too, Bill. So, yeah, absolutely. And you and, know, the uh, funny, the, the funny thing is, it's not that it's not that we're opposed to eating anything else on a Friday night, but given our uh, given our choice we're going to eat a we're going to eat a pizza yeah absolutely right you know it keeps us sober so the three factors right spite being the second um you know how do you get a drunk to do something tell him you can't do it so tell me i can't stay sober fuck you i will stay sober uh, <laughs> and the, the the third factor is um started again at the keating center where all of our I'm going to use air quotes here. Good habits started uh, is making our bed every day. You know, it's just, it's, I, I do not leave the house without making the bed. When I was out on the road and, um, and sleeping in a truck four nights a week, um, that bunk in the back was made every day. Um, You know, nobody ever saw it. It didn't matter to anyone, but, and it really didn't even matter that much to me, but I did it. That bunk was made every day because that was a habit that I got into, which is kind of what recovery is. It's getting in, changing our habits, getting good habits, replacing those old bad habits with good ones and uh, getting pizza and making our beds and being spiteful. 
<laughs> and yeah, that uh, we used to tell people that all the time, and uh, and then you know nine times out of ten I have to explain it like that. But but mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, those those were the three things, and you know I they happened at different times because the and I think the the pizza thing, yeah, having a little bit of money in our pocket. But um, the the other thing when we went three quarter, we were still in the dorm area mm-hmm. <clears throat> before we went into the the three quarter house. Basically, when like dinner happened around the Keating Center at probably what four four thirty yeah, in the four, afternoon, right. Yeah, it was early, you know, so yeah. we we were all still at work. But what was supposed to happen is that there were eight yeah. guys that were that were out working. There was a there was a plate set aside for you and you can go in the refrigerator when you got home and and warm it up. And I, I do remember that the one time there's probably a couple of times that, you know, we were forced to to go get something as you go in there. And there's, you know, all these, these you know, fucking animals ate, ate our dinner, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> an animal was the word that I was thinking of, too. Yeah. So, so we, uh, we just decided, you know what the hell with it. We're, we're just going to plan on doing that. And yeah, we did it. Um, yeah. In the three quarter house when you and I moved in together. And then when, when mm-hmm. I moved back to Madison, uh, the place that I, well, first of all, when I stayed with my stepsister and her husband, there was a little Caesars because that's where we used to go as a, yeah, little Caesars right. all the time. I, sorry. I think you said that, but um, so their little Caesars was right around the corner from there. Madison, literally it was on the street driving into the main like subdivision area where I lived. And then when mm-hmm. I lived in Jeff- Jefferson, the same thing, it was less than five minutes away. But when I moved here where I am now, the the closest little Caesars is like 20 minutes away. So I'd go to a meeting on Friday night, literally drive 20 minutes up and then 20 minutes back. It was like from the time I left the meeting, it was, it was a good 40 minutes till I got home. And the mm-hmm. only reason I stopped going to little Caesars is because the the one I went to, they, they just started making the pizzas just shitty. You know, it was just, so now the other one I go to, uh, and I just ordered through their app. And I think you said you start going to Domino's also. And it just, you know, it, 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 it's the same thing. It's just cheap pizza, but I don't care. You know, I I love, I love a good pizza, but I'm not going to spend 20 bucks a week. I'm also cheap. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So if I'm going to spend 20 bucks, I'm going to go get like a steak or something like that, or a really good hamburger. Um, I don't think, I don't think you can get a good steak for 20 bucks. So let's go with the good hamburger instead. Yeah, we'll go with that. The ground up steak. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's still it's still steak, just ground up. But uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I just thought about that. I, I didn't think we ever talked about that. So that uh, that that's cool. Now, um, yeah. let me give you the I'll give you the stats real quick. And, you know, kind of the uh, same situation as always. Uh, nothing, nothing really changed a lot except for the followers of plays. And we have a new like top episode, but we're mm-hmm. actually from last week on Instagram. We're up um, 83 followers. So we have 785 followers now on Instagram. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Um, we have, we're in the number of individual plays on the podcast. Um, it's up 77 plays this week, which is, so now we're up to 575. Hmm. Um, top episode number four is now the, the second most popular episode number 10, which was our absolutes episode. Now it has, that's number one at 58. Number, number four, episode number four is 55. And then, um, episode three, still your story is at 54. And then, um, episode 12 from last week is at uh, 34 plays. And I checked all of this eh, probably about 10, 15 minutes ago, but, uh, as as I've been doing, Over the last couple of weeks, I got on Instagram earlier. We were at like 400 and I don't know, like 69. And basically, I begged if we could get 41 more plays to hit 600 plays. But yeah, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It went up. It went up six. So, <laughs> so yeah, basically, exactly. what you're saying is our, our top episode is the one with the picture of the vodka bottle. It is. Yeah. All right. Goddamn drunks. <laughs> yeah and i was i mean maybe maybe hopefully the the jennifer aniston one i mean you know maybe i don't i don't know you think she'd draw a crowd maybe we get we still had 20 what 28 percent are men 65 women but women that i talked to they dig jennifer aniston so maybe that'll pull some <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah so um yeah, all in all, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, I mean, things are, it, it, so here's the thing. I was talking to the, uh, again, the individual that I talked to in, in California, and she had asked me mm-hmm. uh, just a question about something that she's getting involved in. It was kind of funny. She had messaged me 
and because I message her quite a bit and ask her questions about this sort of thing. And she's helped me try to set up some of these things that we're doing. And I ask her opinion um, <clears throat> on a lot of things. So sure. she opens up the message. I think it was yesterday. And she's like, okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> so, so she asked me this question. And then, I don't know, we start talking about followers and this and that and what her goal is. Um, she's got a goal to hit like 10,000 followers by the end of summer. Uh, and mm. she's on track to do it. And I told her, I'm like, it just blows my mind. I said, I'm, I'm happier than hell with what we've got, you know, coming up on 800. But, you know, she right. said something I, I thought was kind of nice. And she said, she goes, first of all, she's good. She goes, you guys have been only doing this for a few months, which is mm -hmm. true. And she said, on top of that, she said, you seem to have a very authentic following base or an authentic base of people. And I thought, that's kind of cool because there's, I read about a lot of things and I think you and I were talking about it. Um, <clears throat> I think when you were here, not, I, I don't think we talked about it on an episode, but I do know that there's ways where you can, whether it's buy or rig the system to get all these different followers and both you and sure. I said, nah, we're like, no, we don't want to do that. Right. You know, so if it, if it takes, uh, if, if we never hit a thousand or if it takes us never to hit, you know, 10,000, whatever that number is, as long as we're growing, and we're doing it. We're doing, you know, naturally, organically. Um, and I like that how she said that, an authentic base. And I, and the people that I've um, interacted with on on Instagram, I think that's a great way to put it because it's there's a there just seems to be a really good solid group of people. And you know, more people are actually the the things that, that are being posted lately. And I, I'll say we, but I mean everyone knows. I think, and you know, I'm I'm including you in this because your your name's on this too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well. We're, we're involved in this, but of course, I'm the one posting it, but it doesn't matter. I mean, so the, um, and I, that's why if I say me, I apologize. But yeah. so all these, all these different things uh, that I'm posting on there, we're starting to get more reactions. Just if nothing else likes, every once in a while, people are commenting. And, you know, so we're getting more uh, of the interaction part, which is, which is cool because I, I go back to everything in the beginning. My first goal with, the, again, the other name or the other uh, username I set up. Mm -hmm. was just to interact interact with more sober people and you know obviously now we're doing this but uh we're still getting that we're actually starting to get more of that interaction and to me that that's cool and having that you know following oh one thing i was going to mention last week and I, I completely forgot but there is still a comment area at the end of every single one of our episodes on the website okay so if anyone has any comments um, hopefully, well, and I put this on Instagram the other day. Um, keep it positive. If you if you don't like what we're doing, and I put this on Instagram, don't waste your time because right. Right. if you don't like what we're doing, we don't care. <laughs> nope. And, and and that's the truth. You're not going to hurt our feelings. You're not going to mm -hmm. you're not going to make us change what we're doing. Um, nope. But if somebody if somebody has a positive thing that says, "Hey, this is what you can do." to help build your audience to the help. But this is what we want to hear. This is what we want to, what we want you guys to get into. Bring it on. You know, that's, yeah. that's what we're looking for. And I'm starting to add it at the end of each episode. So it also, there's a Q and a section on Spotify, which still seems to be the, the main way that people are listening. I think it's like mm -hmm. close to, close to 50% of the, the plays are on Spotify, you know, mm -hmm. so I can, I can add this Q and a at the end of the, the anchor episode that shows up on Spotify and basically all I've done is saying, hey, what do you want us to talk about? Give us some suggestions. So there's two different places. And we do welcome, again, the positive comments. Help us grow. Give us some. We can take constructive criticism. But uh, like I said, if you're if it's negative, you know, just don't waste your time. It's just not it's unimportant yeah. to us. The trolls are not welcome. <laughs> well, you know, and maybe let me take that back. If you want to talk stupid on there, just be prepared to be slammed on this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so feel free I, I just thought about that again that was it let me step back go ahead say something we're gonna have fun with it i don't care i don't care what right. or the other <laughs> but um but yeah so uh, like i said i just thought that was kind of cool what she said i hadn't thought about it that way but uh but yeah just being an authentic you know type of you know type of following so um i had a couple of ideas and i didn't actually get any individual suggestions but little things popped up once again from just things in my head, things we haven't talked about, things that were brought up that we didn't get to. But the first one that I was thinking about, and it, I was, I don't know, I was thinking about this whole, the house father thing and people telling us that we weren't going to stay sober if we were house fathers. There was one other item 
that was kind of along those lines. Do you remember the the presentation that everyone was supposed to do before they went three quarter? Do you remember that? Uh, uh, we were like supposed to do a <clears throat> biography, sort of a mini lead, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you, you never did yours, right? No, like I, eh, God, I, you know what? <laughs> that was a long time ago. I don't remember. I, yeah, I kind of think I might have. Really? I didn't. I know. Really? Yeah, because there was, um, and I remember there was um, all these different things. All of us went, well, like Michael, I remember Michael did his, um, and I couldn't remember if you did. I know I didn't, and I don't remember why, but it's like the, either there was a number of people ran out of time or whatever, but that was one of the things where people are like, oh, if you don't do that, you know, you're not going to stay sober. That's an important part of the process. And I'm like, they ran out of time. I'm like, I didn't refuse it, you know, right. but anyhow. But so for for that, I didn't know if you remembered that, but uh, yeah, it just it popped into my head. Uh, but I didn't do mine. If you did, uh, and again, I couldn't remember if you did or not. But, yeah, but that I, think I did. I think I did. Okay, so well, you got one up on me, and but apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, I don't know, three different paths. It still worked for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, just an example. That, you know, there, there's lots of ways to do this. Right. And you know what? I would have been more than happy to, you know, I'm, I talk about it now. I, I mean, I, I know I wouldn't have been as, you know, for it, as far as having a shortage of words or anything like that. So that wouldn't have been a problem. No, it would not. <laughs> but the, the other thing too is, and I think it was, um, it was either in, I can't remember if it was in Tom's group and I was thinking about my, uh, the notes I had in my big book. So either Tom's group or Tony or could have even been Dan, um, one of the groups. But either way, we were supposed to make a plan of what we would do once we, you know, once we kind of get out on our own. Because three quarter, I mean, you got again a lot of freedom, and it was right. a like a like a do's and don'ts type of thing. And then we were also told to involve basically almost like accountability people. Do you, mm-hmm. did you did you do that, or do you remember that at all? That that I don't remember. So okay. I'm going to go ahead and say I didn't do it. <laughs> okay, so I did, and you didn't, uh-huh. so there we go. Look at that. We yeah. just evened out. <laughs> so in, in the thing it was, and I remember, um, I'm trying to think, and man, I should just, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about the, the accountability part and try to dig this out of my, my big book, but because I think I wrote, I think it's one of my notes in here, but so the accountability part was basically picking out um, people that you were going to be around on a regular mm-hmm. basis and basically um, kind of like giving them a list of things that uh, to watch for, you know, things that if you, if you are doing this, that's a problem. Or if you aren't doing this, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So the people that I was around the most were uh, mom and Kathy and right. then um, Johnny. And I remember talking to all of them and I, but I don't remember, it was a, it was an actual printed sheet that we had to fill out and sign. It was like a, like a plan. That's why, I mean, Hmm. if you didn't do it, I mean, that's, I, I don't remember why it was given to me or when it was given to me. Um, but I just found the, the note out of my big book. So, Oh, there it is. It says right on the back, it says, write down a plan for when you get out, um, good and bad pros and cons for Tom's. Yeah, it was Tom's group. Um, it was a Tuesday afternoon group. So yeah. what I wrote down, and I did like a pros and cons column. That seems to be my thing, apparently. Um, so the do's are stay active and keep the same structure. And then right. the, don'ts, the don'ts were um, don't stop praying, don't stop meetings, don't uh, forget God or higher power, and don't mm-hmm. lose the fellowship. So yeah. as, I'm, as I'm looking at this, and this is literally, well, 12 years later, I mean, almost, because you figure in right. a couple of months. Right. In a few months, this would have been written 12 years ago. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I don't, I don't go to um, like the physical type of meetings that much anymore. When I'm right. at, when I'm when I'm in Cleveland, I, I would go if I was in Cleveland all the time. I'd probably go to more just because I I enjoy those people and I enjoy the groups more, um, you mm-hmm. know. But everything else, I still do. I still pray. Right. I still have a high power. Um, mm-hmm. I I lean on the fellowship. I try to stay active as active, active as I can. And I had right. kept the structure part of it. We were just talking about that with the with the pizza stuff, you know. And right. 
I know little things like that seem stupid, but it's just one of those. It's funny over the years, not even just family members, but I've had, I've had friends or people that I've hung out with, you know, that have texted me on a Friday night and they're like, Hey, you're, you know, I'm not interrupting your pizza. Am I? <laughs> right. Yeah. People know what we're doing. They know. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the point of the accountability. <laughs> You know, <laughs> right. I mean, I, this is great uh, that making the bed. I was I was uh, out working. I was out in uh, by Youngstown and I've gone into this warehouse. I actually I've only actually been there once and uh, it was a live unload, which is when it doesn't happen often. But um, occasionally I have to sit there while they empty the trailer out. And uh, the guy that came out with the paperwork was apparently a guy that was at the Keating Center. I didn't remember him, but <laughs> he walked up to the truck and he looked at me and he said, is that bunk made back there? So he remembered. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I mean, out of the blue, people know what I do, you know, to talk about walking the walk. I don't just talk the talk. You know, these are the things that I do. I will tell you what I do you can count on the fact that I've done those things. That's, that's definitely something that was not true 12 and a half years ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just, I just thought, and I, uh, I remembered the do's and don'ts, but I, I didn't, I didn't read it all. I, I remember seeing that note in there when I was going through <laughs> the notes in my big book a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't read it. And when I was just reading it right now, I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> Gold star, gold star, gold star. Oh, no, th this just reminded me of something else. I, I was on a uh, the gold star thing. I was on a uh, webinar. Well, it's a demo for a, a vendor product that we're looking at using. So mm -hmm. it was me and the um, owner of our company and then our um, our operations manager. I think it was Monday uh, when we were doing it. So going through this stuff and this guy's doing all giving us all this information. It, it's a lot. It's a it's a program to that's going to help us out, you know, just technology doing our business better but mm -hmm. i understood majority of what he was talking about but he was getting a little bit into geek land so um more into the how things are programmed and using different things and then finally i he's like any questions i'm like here here's my main question whatever it was and he's like he's like that's a great question he goes i'm glad you asked that he says gold star for you and then mm -hmm. we kept we kept talking and then um Carrie, who's our operations manager, asked a question. He's like, ooh, you get a gold star. So she <laughs> says, she's like, so what do we get for these gold stars? And remember, yeah. we're on a webinar. We're on a webinar. This, this dude's in Texas, I think, is where, where their company is. But um, mm -hmm. and he's like, he's like, well, he says four or no, he said three gold stars. He goes, you get uh, you get margaritas. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he's then he's like, if you get four gold stars, he said, whatever the other, whatever the rep is, Dave, you know, is going to send a, send you the bottle of your favorite booze. And she's just like, all right. Yeah. And I'm in my head. I'm like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it just, it, the thing of it is, and the reason it, it, and I don't care. I mean, if, even if I want, I'm like, I don't, I don't need your, I don't need your fucking booze. Keep your booze, whatever. Right. But, um, the, the thing, it just, how it's just how our culture is, how the business culture is and stuff like that. And this mm -hmm. guy doesn't know us from, from, I mean, from anyone, he's never talked to us before. And just like, I'm going to give you alcohol, but that's, right. that's what, that's what people do, you know? Yeah. So again, that was just uh, when you, when I said gold star, just reminded me of that, but, uh, but yeah, the, the structure part of it and, you know, and like you said, people knowing what we do. And I, I know for a fact it's happened God, at least a handful of times when you and I are together and either mm -hmm. it's, you know, I, when we used to do group on those Saturday mornings when I'd be in town and we'd walk in and then there's somebody, it's like, Oh, we see a familiar face. They're like, Hey, you guys are, you guys are still sober. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and actually uh, continuously too. God damn. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, which is, which is fun, you know, but uh, in a lot of times, you know, we see those guys and we're like, we didn't do anything special. We, we went through literally the same thing that you did, you know, and mm -hmm. we followed the same steps. We had the same, the same guy being Marty, you know, telling us right. what to do. We, we clean the same shit 17,000 times a day. Um, yep. We, we ate the same chicken. <laughs> that was, and that's the other thing too, that uh, it just, again, little side note here. We had, I, I don't even know. 
how many different ways they figured out, you know, to give us chicken. I mean, you get chicken from everywhere. It was right. every time. And you know, it wasn't bad because Marty said when, when we first got there and I think I weighed, I don't think I, I think I weighed like 160 pounds or something like that when I, when mm-hmm. I came in there, you know, and I gained, I think I gained 15 pounds in the first 30 days. And probably by the time we got out of there, I gained, you know, 20 pounds, you know, total or whatever, but it right. was, it was right. meat. It was potatoes. We had cookies. We had, we had all this different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, but chicken, we told Marty, I don't know how many times we're like, we're like, Hey, you got, you know, I asked him one time, I'm like, you're still doing the chicken thing. He's like, nah, we do different things. I'm like, what? I said, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, do you understand how many people you kept sober with that chicken? Maybe it was the chicken that was magic. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what's what's wrong with you, Marty? <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all the all the different things that we do, and I didn't even think about it anymore. But seriously, it, it just kind of blew my mind when I was just reading that list because everything's on there. And granted, the, the meetings part of it changed because of the pandemic, and then you know sure. I eased into a into a different direction, but. You know, it's that it's that whole staying connected thing. And, uh, and man, I mean, we just we said it before in, in other episodes, but the 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 people that led us, the people that taught us uh, and the, the things we learned um, at that time. I mean, there there's no way there. I mean, saying they're invaluable is even not enough. I mean, there's no way we can right. put any word on on things that we were given, you know, given so freely. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> word that comes to mind for me is fundamental right these are this is what you do you want you want what we have you want to stay sober do this it's that simple and don't stop and if you right. and that's that's just it yeah pray go to meetings help another drunk that was drilled into our heads over and huh. over and over and over again and it's true <laughs> you know you do those things i mean uh, you know we we talked about guys that would go out and if they were lucky enough to come back, you know, I mean, my first year I asked them, I said, Hey man, what happened? And the simple answer, and they never gave a simple answer, but the simple answer was always, I stopped. I stopped going to meetings. I stopped praying. I stopped doing what I was supposed to do. I stopped helping other people, you know? And so I went, well, all right, then I guess I can't stop. And I haven't. (laughs) Well, you, and I, I think that, uh, I think I talked about <clears throat> that part briefly, but you had to teach me that lesson. So, and that was, you know, it's kind of funny that you brought that up and that that's one of the things that I, that I actually wrote down. And, and again, I have no idea why it crossed my mind, but the, the, the thing that I wrote down was, were there anything, any items that you had to get over, um, to kind of break through that? I don't know that barrier between um, I don't know if I'm ready for this said to I'm all in to, to get sober and that the story that I'll tell in a minute, but that story is one of them for me. But did you have anything like that when you came in? Like a, I don't know a demon is a bad way to put it maybe, but these things that were waiting you down that you had to work through and then be able to move forward. Um, You know what? When I came in, man, I was done. I was, I was so beat up and so broken and I, I was just, I, again, I wanted what these people had. So I started to do what they did and, you know, it didn't matter if it made sense to me. It didn't matter if I understood it, if I, if, if I believed in it, didn't matter. I, I just took the action and, and did what they did. And what do you know? It worked. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you know what I, man, I, what. Well, and again, I've, I've said it before, you know, and it talks about the the whole AAI, you know, concept is sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And I know right. I've said it before that every single thing, and it's basically been since I've got sober, I've realized it that, that um, not only my uh, my recovery and me gaining things and, and the story with my daughter is just one, you know, glaring mm-hmm. example, you know, of that. But there's there, it's literally everything. And it's fine because I don't mind now, uh, but I did in the beginning because none of this stuff was making sense to me and I couldn't grasp onto certain things. And there was two things. And what you just talked about was the number one. And there was a, and we were at the three quarter house. And I remember, I remember standing in the hallway uh, by the bathroom and you were standing at the doorway of our bedroom. And it was the same thing. It was, you know, all these people kept going back out. Every time somebody relapsed, um, I mean, seriously, just the same way you did, but it, it, 
I wasn't catching on, you know, I'm like, like, okay, again, it was a Tuesday. The guy got a flat tire. He was by a liquor store. Don't do that. Or it was right. a Wednesday and um, a family member just passed away or his ex had, you know, shit on him or whatever the case is. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the why behind it. And I remember just being, and it was, it, these two things happened at nine months sober and it, which was kind of weird, but they did. And I remember I was going out of my mind because I couldn't figure out, you know, what the deal was. And I remember, again, standing by a bathroom, you're standing in the door to our bedroom. And I said, can it really be that simple? I, you know, I said, we're told, obviously don't drink, but then pray, go to meetings, help another all alcoholic. I'm like, I'm like, could it be that simple? And I'm freaking out. And you just said, yes. And you walked away. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, and I brought this up a couple of times in episodes. That's one of the things that, that Mike does. He'll give me one or two word answers like enjoy the freedom, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and that sort of thing. But seriously, so this is in and I and I hope everyone understands how how critical this is, because he and I and I joke about the four days here and there. But he and I are at the we're at the same level, the same amount of sobriety in the same point, living the same life literally right. every single day up to that yeah. point. And he understood this and I didn't. But what, what it took was, is my friend, Mike, again, <laughs> just saying just saying the word yes, and it clicked. Okay, now, there was still one more thing, and I don't think I talked about this ever, but um, my dad uh, died 30 days, 33 days before I went into detox. And right. basically, uh, I was, I had a problem already. I was always already a full-blown alcoholic, but that, and I talked about this in my story, but that last 33 days was a mess. But when he died, I went out to Ohio and I drank the entire time. I blacked out on the way to his funeral. There's certain points I don't remember. Um, and I was, I was loaded at my dad's funeral and he was a member of this program. He had 29 years of sobriety and I was drunk at his funeral. So that, um, that took me a bit that weighed on me, even though I tried to talk through it after I got sober and family members are like, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't feel okay. They're like, you didn't make a fool out of yourself. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't feel okay. So I was at a, I was at a meeting, the um, Sahara club. Okay. Mm -hmm. I couldn't almost couldn't remember the name, but I was coming back from, so I lived or lived, I worked in Rocky river. We lived in, you know, at the, at the three quarter house, wherever, whatever, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, there you go. So, on the way home on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, whatever it was, <clears throat> they had this monstrous um, big open area. And, and no kidding, it was probably it was a discussion meeting, but it had like at least 75 people, if not more, every week. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> very busy meeting. So I go there and um, I'd listen. And a lot of times I wouldn't have a chance to say anything, but it was OK. So. This time they're talking about forgiveness and, you know, either whether the, the conversation with you happened right before, or right after it was in the same time. And I, I swear it had to have been within a week or two of each other, you know, mm-hmm. but they're talking about forgiveness and all this different stuff and, you know, forgiving yourself and people forgiving you and you forgiving yourself helps other people forgive you. And I'm driving home and again, it clicked <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> wow. So I'm thinking, okay, so me being drunk at, my dad's funeral, again, from a sober individual, you know, a sober individual's funeral was not, not good, you know, at all. But mm-hmm. if there was an, an, even though my dad would not have condoned it, mm-hmm. if there was anyone that would have understood why I was that way, it would have been him. And right. that cleared, that cleared it up. Yeah. Another so, alcoholic. Yeah. And, but it, but it took, that was at nine months for me. And that's why what I've mm-hmm. said before, I was uh, inadvertently and I didn't know I was, I was going through the motions for these first nine months, but those two things got, um, one, one got clicked for me. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the other one clicked because of a, because of a meeting, you know, and those two items and I, and I say this to, to this day, I don't know um, everything that I've heard if nothing else tells me that if I wouldn't have resolved those issues, it probably would have not been good. Right. You know, I don't know if that means I would have drank again or maybe um, 12 years later, I'd be sober, but fucking miserable, miserable. Exactly. So either one of those, I don't want, I didn't want to drink again. And I didn't want to be miserable, even though those thoughts Mm -hmm. weren't in my mind. When I look at that now, just those two items. And again, I just, I think about the, these 
people in these places, in these the, the situations we were put in, we didn't choose. I didn't choose. I chose to go to the meeting, sure. but I didn't. I didn't choose to hear that. I didn't walk up to you and say, Mike solved my problem, you know, mm-hmm. and right. just, and who says that, why did it click that day? I don't know. Like you said, you just said how you said it would get drilled into us time after time after time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, Oh, I can't, I can't understand this. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, takes time, right? That goes back to my, my whole point was none of this stuff happened for me. Um, I didn't have the flashes or the, you know, the oh, overwhelming wow. feelings. I had none of that. So, but hey, man, I'm I'm still here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's what I thought about. But here's the other thing, and it reminded me of uh, you said it a, a few minutes ago. But then it was another thing that I wrote down because you said, and I remember I can't now remember what you were talking about a few minutes ago. But you said twelve and a half years ago it wouldn't have been the same thing. Oh, making your bed. So. Right. 12 and a half years ago would have been about 30 days or well more mm-hmm. than that. But right. describe, describe how you were, how you felt. Um, mm-hmm. we, know, we know your story, but even let's say the last 30 days, um, what was that like for you? It was, well, <laughs> I don't even know if I, and actually my daughter listened to um, my episode, uh, my story, and, and she brought this up to me that I had left out um, about, well, let's see. I got sober uh, end of April. I white knuckled it for a couple of weeks, um, right around the middle of beginning to the middle of March, because um, I had, you know, I'd been drinking really hard, and and um, I tried on my own um, to not drink, uh, and so I did. I, I went a couple of weeks dry, and. Um, and then I started going back to work and I didn't have a defense, you know, so I, I, I had to drink again. Um, and those last, those last couple of weeks, uh, you know, maybe three weeks were just, I, I mean, I was completely drunk the entire time. Um, yeah, it was miserable. You know, I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Even like I said, I, I, I tried, uh, couple of weeks before I got sober a month before I got sober to stop drinking and I couldn't, you know, um, it was, it was horrible. And those couple of weeks where I was dry were just as miserable, if not more miserable than when I was drinking. Um, because it it was awful. I needed to drink and, and I couldn't, and I didn't. And then I did again. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was it was just uh, powerlessness, man. I had absolutely no power. Um, not that I do today, but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I uh, you know we talk about the drinking dreams and the using dreams. Um, I had a I had powerless dreams last night. I I was having yeah. dreams. Yeah, it, it was. I was trying to control things that I couldn't control. <laughs> um, had nothing, yeah, seriously. Oh, I had an awful night's sleep last night. Um, and it was, it was, um, it was family stuff and it was, it was, it was just stupid, you know, and I woke up and I, it, it was worse than a drinking dream. It was, it, it was horrible. I was trying to control things I couldn't control. And, um, I, I woke up and I went, well, that was awful. I, I don't think I'll do that in real life today. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, powerlessness, man. And, and um, that's why, you know, uh, you can call it God. You can call it whatever you want. Um, a, a power greater than yourself. We need to lean on that in this program. That's what the part of the program teaches us, you know, and you hear God a lot. And that's fine. You know, this atheist doesn't care anymore one way or another. Um I don't fight it anymore, but yeah, uh, I don't have the power, you know, I'm powerless. First step, the only step we have to do perfectly. And my life is unmanageable. And guess what? My life is still unmanageable. I don't manage it. I let this program, I let the absolutes, I let the steps, all that stuff, making my bed in the morning, reading my meditation books, getting pizza on Friday night. That's what manages my life. That's what manages my life, man. And um, 
yeah, it was it was just a great lesson. I, I tossed and turned and last night was awful, but I got to wake up this morning and go, yeah, I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> you know, you know, and that's uh, the only reason I laughed is because, uh, I mean, it's something that I mean, I know I know you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you feel very strongly about all that stuff. And then you and I had actually we talked about these things on, on these these episodes and then mm-hmm. they have uh, this haunting dream about it. That's, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it did, OK. Let, so let me ask you this question. Did you ever think that you'd that you'd say, God, I'd rather have a drinking dream? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, 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 and the worst part is I don't ever get drunk in my dreams. I don't ever get high in my dreams anymore. My my using my quote unquote using dreams are always about me trying to hide it. You know, I never get to have fun. It's 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 trying to lie to people and, and hide it. Those the, those are my using dreams today. So yeah, when I have when I have these bad dreams, there's no monsters. It's just me. I'm the monster. Uh, <laughs> and then I wake up, and in real life, I try not to be that monster again today. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and it's funny when uh, when you just said that that uh, that you don't get drunk or high in the dreams. So mm-hmm. we were at um, <clears throat> we were at the Keating Center um, <clears throat> doing group the one time, and it was. Right before I went out there, and I remember that, that we were we were seventy years sober, and I don't know why I remember that, but I remember um, saying that um, it took me this long to have this come up in a dream, which means maybe I'm just learning this thing. So, I had just had a drinking dream before I came out to Ohio, and the the thing that is for for me when I first the first one I ever had was very very new. It was in the in the the Keating Center right away, and it was blurry, and it was like being in like you see on TV when somebody's loaded, you know, and they're just walking around, and it's just this this psychedelic blur, you know, mm-hmm. almost like you're walking through a, I don't know, like a car wash or something. Um, yeah. It just, it, it's just a blur. And what's happened over the years is it gets, they've gotten more, more clear and more vivid. And I remember them. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the other thing that's weird, but they're, they're far more vivid. And I remember things that happened in them, but I never thought about that, that I, I don't, I've never gotten drunk. It's just either about to take a drink or did take a drink mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. But the last one that I, not, last one but this one i remembered it was um again i was something happened and whatever it was i was going to drink or was drinking and the the only thing that i remember in the dream and i was standing in a room and in clear as day uh, mom was standing on the other side of the room and Mm -hmm. i had drank or was about to drink or whatever it was and she was standing there with her arms crossed and just kind of shaking her head at me in in disappointment you know So um, when I woke up, I'm like, fuck me, (laughs) because that's what we talk about. You know, we don't talk about um, I don't want to drink because I'm because I don't want to drink and I don't want to die. I mean, we talk about those things, but we we think we think beyond that. We play that tape through to how we could hurt people. And Mm -hmm. that even goes back to the funerals that we went to when we first got in the Keating Center, seeing the hurt and the pain on these families faces and realizing that it's not just what I'm going to do to me. But I, I think about that in my mom, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I sure don't want to dis- disappoint our mom, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I remember talking about that in that group and saying, saying, man, it took me, it took me seven years to have a dream like that to maybe, you know, finally realize that I may disappoint somebody. Now, I think I understood that beforehand, but maybe it wasn't as crystal clear as it became after I had that dream. But mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, that was that was five years ago, right. <laughs> you know, and I, I remember that like what I just said when I was about to start this and I said seven. I'm like, damn, that was seven years. Wow. Because it it feels like you and I were sitting in that group room like last weekend. You know, that's, sure. that's how, you know, again, how I guess how vivid that memory is just of, of talking about that group. But um, but man, that's the, the powerless dream. That's that's cool to me because that <laughs> takes it to a. Well, it is. It's funny, but it, it takes it to a whole new level is that, I mean, that's like, that's like some life shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? So that's, no, that's cool. It's actually yeah, very cool. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, again, the point that the big book says alcohol is just a symptom, you know? So it's it, what we have is a lack of power. We have lack of control. That's, that's our problem. You know, well, that and selfishness and self-centeredness, self-run riot, run wild. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, the alcohol is just a symptom, man. The heroin's just a symptom. The crack's a symptom. Whatever you're putting in yourself is just a symptom, man. You know, it's it's we're trying to control things we can't control, and it makes us crazy. And so we gotta medicate ourselves so we don't completely lose our minds. It wasn't for me anyway. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know the the thing with this, and then uh, like a. When I was uh, when I was thinking about the like the last thirty days for me that well w- number one I never tried to quit mm-hmm. um, and I you know I, I know I said it before this is my first run at this that's that's unimportant but I I we talked to a lot of our friends and you just gave an example and I know you went through other things before where you did you know tried to um, <clears throat> quit white knuckle whatever we want to call it the, mm-hmm. And I don't, again, I don't think I'm unique. I know there's other people out there that have done it, but it, right. it blows, it blows my mind sometimes when I think back and, and the, the insanity and the delusion, de- delusional thinking of the, the, the closest I got to admitting anything was realizing that, eh, that someday I'm going to have to, you know, mend my evil ways. I'm going to have to calm down. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that was, and that's no joke, no lie. That was the the closest I ever got to it. And, but I do remember that my dad got sober when he was 36. I didn't get sober till I was 41, you know, right. so figure obviously five year difference in age. And, but I do remember when I turned 36, um, I, and that maybe just what I said is maybe what I said a minute ago is wrong. Cause I do remember being 36 and saying, you know, I'm not that bad. And that's a weird thought mm-hmm. to have had when, um, for not thinking. And that's, that just seriously, I, I just, I just figured right. it out right. now. <laughs> so, Hey, for everyone out there, you just saw how the, how my process works that a light bulb just went on. <laughs> so, Forget everything I just said a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> Apparently, I did think that I had a problem, but wow, that was kind mm-hmm. of weird. Um, but I never did anything about it. I never tried to quit. Right. I never tried to. to the only thing is that in, in another question I had uh, on here, and I and I think I, I know your answer, but uh, you know because you answered it, I think a few weeks ago. But it goes back to my thought, um, and I talked about it leads and after I got sober. I know for one thing, I never drank normally. That's number one. And um, I don't know when I crossed the line into drinking alcoholically, because that was a question that I had. If do you remember um, even can you pinpoint any point when you started either thinking that you were drinking too much or drinking alcoholically? Um, I I always did. I mean, I, I pretty much. Hell, I joked about it when I was 15 and 16 years old. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic, man. Um, really? I, yeah, <laughs> I knew. I always knew. I, I did. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I would, and I didn't care. I didn't care. Yeah, this is what I am. I drink. I drink to excess. Fuck you. That was like, that was, <laughs> even when I was homeless, even when well, I didn't care. I did not care. I knew what I was, and this is what I am. And actually, there were points in my life where I used it as an excuse. Well, I'm an alcoholic. What do you expect from me? <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 fucking. That's perfect. fucked up. That's <laughs> what it is. It's fucked up. You know? What do you want from me, honey? I'm an alcoholic. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, honestly, the, the only reason I'm laughing a little bit is um, I had uncomfortable uh, conversations with my with my son's mom about that every once in a while, because mm-hmm. when when we first got together and once again, and I'll, I'll say this, and if she if she ever listens to this, I know my son was going to dip into this here and there. So mm-hmm. if she ever listens to this and I'll, I'll say it again, you know, you were not the problem. I was. Right. <laughs> I think she. I think she knows that, but I'm just going to uh, yeah, say I'm it. pretty I, sure she knows it. <laughs> I, I know, but I just went, I, I bring her up in stories and I just want to know that, that I was the problem. This is nothing to do with you, but you were part of mm-hmm. the story. So that's, right. that's that part. But um, even though when we first got together, we used to go out all the time. We go to bars, we go dance and we go to clubs. We do all this different stuff. We had a, just a, a phenomenally good time, but here's the thing. And I, and I know I've said this before. I don't know if I'm here, but she knew when uh, the party was over. I didn't. And right. she knew when to, when to stop. I didn't. And, mm-hmm. and that was the, 
Well, it's the difference between a normie and a mm-hmm. alcoholic. <laughs> so um, when when we first got together, again, I come home for work, I crack a beer, I drink some beers. We, we'd be drinking beers and playing playing cards. And then we, we kept doing that for a while. But then, you know, when we moved in together and, you know, then she got pregnant and we got married. And I continued to do that. And she brought it up a couple of times. And she's right. like, you know, it, it, it finally got to the point where, you know, she's saying that, you know, <laughs> Why do you continue to drink throughout the night? If you want to have a beer, have a beer, maybe two. But, you know, she's uh-huh. like, you're, you're drinking from here until then. So then in my head, I'm like, well, then I'll just hide it. Yep. <laughs> so that goes That'll down. That'll solve the problem. Well, yeah, you know, I for, for tell a you. <laughs> But I remember saying to her, I'm like, I've done this every, ever since we met. Why is this such a problem? But right. I, I remember saying that to her. So that's. All on the same lines. I didn't say I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but, but basically I did, you know, so uh-huh. um, yeah, just kind of funny, you know, again, different words. That's, you know, just slicing things up a little bit different, but uh-huh. um, yeah, we, we, we kind of said the same thing, but I never, uh, I never would have admitted that I would have never said the words alcoholic. Uh, and when, when we first went into the, to the Keating center, uh, or while, well, when I got there and again, I talk about that, that first meeting and that meditation. And, you know, when, when we go, when we go around the room and start to talk, we had to introduce ourselves that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so day one, which was day seven, I think that I was sober. Um, right. I had to, I had to say, my name is Bill and I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. And the first time that came out of my mouth, um, I only said it because I was supposed to. That's, right. that's a fact. And that, that makes me think about it. And I remember talking about this in meetings and stuff like that. And the, the difference between um, th- there's admitting or they're saying, and then there's really accepting. And mm-hmm. I think that, I think it might've been at that nine month mark that I really, that I became part of, we were talking about our fifth step and all those sort of things and, mm-hmm. and agreed at that point, you know, we, we both agree that we became part of, but, but I think that I finally, I dug in at that moment, once those two items, the, the conversation with you and then the, the whole forgiveness thing. But, mm-hmm. um, I think that's when I started to accept the fact, and there's a different story with admitting just saying, yeah, okay, got me arms up in the air. You know, I'm an alcoholic. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. But then fin- finally accepting it and saying, okay, now I'm, now I got to do something about this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I never would have said it when I, I'm sure. I mean, I said it for months and didn't necessarily mean it, but so you would also mention the, uh, the first step before the one we have to do perfectly. So this, this came up um, more so here, I think in meetings that I went to where certain people think it's, if there's two parts to it, certain people think it's just one full statement. What do you, what's your opinion? Oh, absolutely. Two parts. Yeah. For me. Yeah, you know, uh, powerless over the substance, powerless over people, places, and things. I have no power. And, you know, that's that's a separate thing from my life is unmanageable. You know, that's another that's another issue. My life is unmanageable. That's uh, I need something to manage my life. I can't do it. I never could. I never will. Not me, you know. This, like I said, the program, the steps, the the absolutes, the principles, all of this stuff that is not me. It, it never was. You know, I was a little kid, lying, lying, cheating, and thieving. You know, stealing <laughs> stuff when I was four years old. You know, <laughs> long before I picked up any substance, I was I was not a good person. Um, I need these principles to guide me, and if I allow them to do that. I realize I'm powerless and I allow these things to guide me and to shape my life. I become a better person and the, and the people around me don't have to suffer anymore. You know, you were talking about, um, you were talking about, uh, you know, your wife, your ex-wife, um, you know, I want to put this. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's kind of important. I want to say it right. Um, it, we affect other people. It, it's the big lie, the big lie that we tell ourselves. And we thoroughly believe this lie that we're not hurting anybody but ourselves. 
You know, we believe that, man, down in our hearts. We believe well, I'm not hurting anybody but me. You know, leave me the fuck alone. Let me do what I got to do. And it's all going to be OK. It's a lie. You know, we hurt other people. We affect other people. Not that we're the center of the universe. It's just just the way all this shit's set up. You know, we affect each other. And every time I pick up a drink or a drug, man, I'm hurting somebody else. And I had to accept that fact. And um, I do, you know, uh, that's why it's one of the big things that keeps me from picking up that drink or drug anymore is I don't want to hurt people. Jim Benning, man, you know, right. God, God rest his soul, man, or whoever rest his soul. I hope his soul is resting. And I think it is, um, you know, I just don't want to hurt anybody. And he was, he never came out and said it, but I know he had problems with um, religion for sure. And, uh, and maybe even the God thing, but he, his line was, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I will go sell Bibles on the street if it'll stop me from hurting other people. And I love that, man. I hated his groups, but I loved the shit he had to say. Yeah. And I mean, I agree wholeheartedly, uh, because that, and, and that's the thing, you know, and that's why I keep saying, you know, like Jim Benny with my arms up. But every time I, every time I say it, I put my arms up. <laughs> yeah. He used to do that, he used to do that group. And then, but yeah, the Bible on the street corner, I just don't want to hurt anyone anymore. And he was also right. animated. He was an animated guy, you know, just in general. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, he, the dude had some, he had some wisdom and he went through some shit too. I mean, he had health issues and all this different stuff. Right. Uh, just, you know, kept on keeping on that sort of thing. But, the like when you and and I apologize for laughing when you were trying to say something poignant. I thought that's <laughs> difficult for me. I know, um, but I thought you were trying to you know say something nice about my ex-wife. So I was. <laughs> that's what it's, it. Just that was the first thing that I that I popped into my head. But but you're but you're right. So she and I have had some conversations over the years, and. Mm -hmm. We started to talk about now we, we made our amends, but we made it. Uh, I'll, I don't know how to be, best put this. We made an outskirts type of amends because she didn't want to get into detail. Right. And and I I accepted that and I figured, OK, the only thing I can do, which is what we were taught, is that living amends. And I know that I've um, I've proven myself to her to this day. And mm -hmm. I know that because of just how open she's been with me um, that right. I'm, I'm allowed in her life and in her husband's life and all those different things. But she's also told me to basically, you know, keep doing what you're doing or else. So I know that the keep doing what I'm doing means I'm doing something right. I figured that right. out, right. you right. know, but <clears throat> there's been times when we've gotten in conversations over the years and they slide into that, that deep discussion and mm -hmm. she'll start to, she'll start to tear up. And I mean, this has been, even probably in the last, you know, two, three years. So not too long ago, um, <clears throat> you know, so you're talking 10 years sober, 11 years sober, maybe nine years, whatever right. the deal is, a lot of time has passed, but she's the one that told me to begin with, um, I forgive you, but I will never forget what happened. And she told me that mm -hmm. very early on, which I, I mean, I, all I can do is thank her, you know, and, and just be right. grateful that she, that she gave me that opportunity, you know, but, but yeah, I mean the the whole the whole Jim Benny thing, and it's true. I don't want to I don't want to see anyone in pain, you know. Right. And and I and the same thing that you just said is that um, <clears throat> as long as we keep doing the things that we're doing, at least it's less of an opportunity that we're going to hurt anyone in any way. But if we do, usually we recognize it, mm -hmm. and, and we can and we can fix it because we're right. we're not we're not infallible, you know. But right. We have the we have the tools to uh, <laughs> hopefully correct it, and you know what do they say? Admit promptly, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But <clears throat> I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which let, our let egos wouldn't let us do before. You know, yeah. I didn't fuck up. You fucked up. <laughs> so you know, I got yeah, my attitude was, you know, well, again, you know, what do you expect from me? You know, you allowed me into your life. What did you think was going to happen? You know, right. blame them for me being an asshole. Wonderful. What a great way to live. <laughs> so so that reminds me of uh, all the time. I mean, for, for a number of years that Dawn and I were together. And Dawn's mm -hmm. my, my ex-wife, but, um, you know, just for everyone else. I know you know, but... Um, 
whatever anything would happen i i'd always say sorry 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 but mm-hmm. i you know as as we're always told you know it's the behavior change not the sorry and right. she said something to me at one point which i'll never forget she said she said you know what she goes i'm tired of you saying sorry and of course i think you could probably figure out what my answer was it was like well well fine then fuck you i won't apologize right right <laughs> Because that, that's exactly what you were just talking about. You know, don't blame me, blame you. But mm-hmm. then the other thing then the other thing she followed that up with was she said, sorry is when you spill somebody's milk. She said, sorry is not for the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And and at the time, again, probably both fingers went up and whatever. But I mm-hmm. think now, and I mean, there there are so I am I very, very grateful for her. And I can't, I can't say that enough. These little things, she's almost like a female version of you. These little, these little things that she she says to me, um, stick. And I'm not saying that she's kept me sober, but the things that she says have never gone away, you know? And I think about that because I do, I care about her as a person and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 I care about what, how she feels. And at the time, thankfully, when she started saying those things to me, I was receptive enough to, to listen to it. But the um, going back to the first step real quick in the, the two parts, it's funny that I never had anyone look at it anything differently than, than two parts. There's a period in it, too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. right. I mean, grammatically, it's two, it's two parts. But anyhow. So the, uh, I remember being in, it was Dan's group, Chicken Dan. And he mm-hmm. had said that, um, he goes, you don't have to, ex-, you know, he said, powerless over alcohol, my life's un- is unmanageable. And we were, we were really new. And I just remember him saying that, he goes, you probably don't, you may not, or you don't have to believe that you're powerless over alcohol. He said that will happen in time. But mm-hmm. he, said, if you're, he said, you're here in the Keating Center, and I'm telling you, your life is unmanageable. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at that point, it, it again, I, a couple of weeks, I, I would say maybe a couple of weeks sober we were. In my head, I'm just like, eh, okay. You know, I mean, right. but I, so I did. I believe them. So in my prayers every single night, mm-hmm. never, I haven't done drugs or anything like that, but and in, my, in my prayers on the night and in the morning, I always, I kind of, read that part or, or recite that part, the, the first step, you know, I always say to myself, I'm powerless over alcohol and drugs. Cause I know if mm-hmm. I think anything in my body that changes or alters my mood or mind, it's going to, it's going to be the same result. Right. But I also say without you being my higher power, my life is unmanageable. And mm-hmm. although you say differently, cause you say your life is not manageable. It's managed by something else. You and I, right. again, we say, we say it differently, but it's the same concept. You know, right. I, I can, my, my life is managed by a power greater than myself. And if I lose mm-hmm. that thing, then my life then becomes unmanageable again. And, right. and I say that, I say that twice a day, you know, every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's probably not the only time there's times when I'll, you know, I, I remind myself, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know, throughout the day, but you know, shit's going sideways or somebody's pissing. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it was just kind of funny. I, I, I figured you, you thought the same way about the first step, but it was, there was a, there's been a couple of people at the, again, the club I used to go to that were really adamant about that. Anytime we talked about the first step and they would tell mm-hmm. these people, they're like, some people out there think that it's two parts. It's not, these things go together. Then they get around mm-hmm. to me. Like I disagree. but you know and i did i wouldn't say it that way i would actually just say you know what i have a different opinion of it and this is why but again it's it it doesn't matter i mean as long as i don't care if you look at it as you know however many words are in there if there's 17 words and it's 17 parts don't care you know right if you if you do it perfectly so they say that's what that's how we're going to stay sober and again Mm -hmm. i don't i don't care how you slice it up i don't give a shit So, so yeah, it was just kind of, uh, again, different opinions, but, um, I still think in it, one of the reasons that, like I said before about, not that I have an issue with, with meetings around here, because that's a, it's, it'll be in another episode, but I want to talk about it maybe, maybe next time, the difference in the type of meetings I went to there and the type of meetings I went here and mm-hmm. what they did for me, because it was a, the, I changed the type of meetings I went to at a point and it, and it completely changed and added something to my whole recovery. So I don't mean this, I don't mean in a bad way when I talk about that, right. um, but 
Cleveland AA, it's like it's like going home and having a having a home cooked meal. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, there's certain things. My mom makes the best fucking macaroni salad on the planet, and okay. I don't I don't eat any other macaroni salad. I won't, you know, because I don't right. like it. I don't I I despise peas. She puts peas in there. I eat them like it's my last fucking meal because because yeah. it's it's what I like it. But that's that's how Cleveland AA is to me. When I go back there and go to meetings there, um, I look mm-hmm. at I look at Cleveland as going home, being home, being involved, being all just I don't know, like smothered in a great way by by everything that is you know what we you know what we call recovery. So mm-hmm. um, there's just a, there's just a difference to it, but. Um, you know, right. I, and I value the the opportunity to go anywhere, but Cleveland's my Cleveland's my home in many, many, many ways. Right. So, um, as I'm again looking at an hour, we're in an hour four again, there, buddy. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I I barely even know what we talked about. That's not true. I, <laughs> so what what's funny is, and uh, uh, I'm going to tell tell one of my secrets here. The hardest part about doing this main part of the episode for the podcast is easy. All I got to do, I cut off the, the beginning part of when right. Mike and I spend a minute or 30 seconds, whatever is I cut that and I don't edit anything else. So everything that you guys are hearing um, and the reason that parts of it sound like shit is because we keep it all in. And if right. you, if you hear an interruption or us talking over each other or whatever, I'm not taking the time to do it because we decided he and I decided to start with, we're not mm-hmm. going to do that. We're not going right. to put, you know, we're not going to put lipstick on a pig. It is what it is. <laughs> That's right. Live tape, as they used to say. <laughs> I, you said live what? And that cut out. I want to hear it. <laughs> live to tape. There you go. Okay. Right. Um, but the, the hardest part of just getting the initial episode out is the description, because I always want to put a little description in there. And mm-hmm. even if I make notes, I can't remember what order. So today, and I got smart. It only took me 13 episodes <laughs> but, but I, I got smart. I numbered things as we were talking about them and made little notes. So hopefully it'll make yeah. my life easier getting the uh, description set up. So that was a little bit more behind the scenes of what, what, uh, what happens here at uh, Shilbert <laughs> Aperture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I think unless, um, unless you got anything else, uh, any wrap ups from what we talked about, there's a couple of items that, that I, uh, you know, still have notes on here for next week. And I do want to talk about yeah. the different meetings, but, I mean, I, I've got everything that I think I got on my mind, but, uh, and I think I know your answer, but anything else? No, nah, that's it, man. You know, I think, uh, you'll just have to tune in and hear more of our, uh, rambling thoughts. <laughs> exactly. So it's your turn though, my friend. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of sober, not mature. Uh, you know, be good this week, man. Don't pick up, man. It's, if you do, you're just going to be hurting the people that you say you love. And uh, one more thing. Fuck off. <laughs> As always, it's a pleasure, Mike. Um, I will uh, <laughs> obviously we'll talk again next week. And I love you, brother. Love you, too. Have a good night, everybody. All right, man. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.